In the name of our resurrected Lord Jesus, the very strength of your salvation, amen. The message is going to be based on Psalm 148, praise the Lord. It's quite timely, isn't it? If you know anything at all of what's been happening this weekend, we've had the Girls of Grace concerts, praise the Lord. And then if you know anything else, you know that on Friday we had my alma mater, Concordia University, Nebraska Acapella, praise the Lord. And last week was all of our Easter festivities, breaking out all the stops, beautiful services. Praise the Lord. And even now, we're gathered together in the name of Jesus, ready to give him worship. Praise the Lord. Now, before you showed up here today, the bassist, Mackenzie, she was tuning her bass. The vocalists were practicing their harmonies. The soundboard was fired up, the screens, the projectors, everything was getting ready for this moment. And a little bit down the road, we had the pastors dressing in albs, the little rope and put my cross on. The ushers were at the ready. The organists, Betty and Lisa, had cracked and warmed up their fingers. And I don't know if you know this, but those hymns that they do are chosen months ahead of time all for that day. And then, I don't know, maybe a little bit more down the road, somewhere in Michigan, I'm sure there's a church where maybe they were dressed even more ornately with chasubles and incense, and it fogged up the room, and it had that sweet smell. And then somewhere else at another church, maybe there was a pastor that walked out with coffee in hand, ripped jeans, and a nice button-up stylish shirt, all to indicate and signify that all are welcome to praise the Lord. And we do all of these things rightly. Because in Psalm 148, it's hard in the English, but it, the praise the Lord is actually a command. That's how it's written. It's not, hey, let's praise the Lord. It's, a, it's an imperative, actually. It's a command that you do so. We ought to praise the Lord because the Lord commands us to praise him. We ought to do this because it's who we are. We're his children. And we should be praising him. And the, it's a beautiful psalm. The psalmist writes that all of creation is to praise the Lord and praise the Lord it does. And not just the organ pipe ranks, but the angel ranks of heaven praise him. Not just the praise band and the choirs and the orchestras, but the chorus of the heavenly bodies. It says the sun, the moon, the shining stars. And then from the heavens, the psalmist goes deep into the abyss of the sea and then comes back up to earth. And, and all the animals, the sea creatures, everybody, the lightning, the hail, the snow, the mist, even the stormy wind, all of creator's handiwork praising him, the mountains even, the hills, the beasts of the field, even the creeping things and the birds. Praise the Lord. These are all a part of creation, these creaturely things doing creaturely things. And in doing that, simply by existing in the nature of their identity, they're praising the Lord, all capital L-O-R-D. When you see that, that's not just Lord, it's his name, Yahweh. Praise the Lord. I remember the summer after my junior year of college at Concordia, Nebraska. I'm, see, I keep throwing that in there. And everybody had gone home for summer vacation, but I was one of the few people who stayed behind to work for Concordia's Buildings and Grounds crew. And so they moved us to a different dorm, just me and a handful of other people. 
And we would get up and work at the wee hours of the morning, taking breaks in the hottest parts of the day of the Nebraska summer days and finishing off in the late afternoon. It was a quiet summer. It was peaceful. I liked it. But they were long, exhausting days. But the thing I remember most about that summer is that at twilight in the evening, I would make my way, the temperature had cooled off, and I would go behind the football field where the practice fields are, right where there's a hill of tall grass, and I would look at the scenery. The great plain winds, they would die down to a cool, gentle breeze. The trees slightly bending, you could hear the rustle of the tall grass on the hillside. The birds singing, it was beautiful. Nebraska is also really flat. And so you can see for miles and miles and miles the landscape. And even on some occasions, if you looked far enough, you could see storms, tall cumulonimbus clouds traveling across the horizon slowly with little flashes of lightning. And right above you would be clear. It was a beautiful sight to take in. God's creation working on all cylinders, humming like a, like a well-oiled machine doing exactly what it was created to do. Praise the Lord. It pleases the creator when creation fulfills its purpose. I don't know if you heard it, but in the psalm, it tells you how it's possible that creation, like inanimate objects, can praise the Lord. It fulfills what it set out to do, what it was created to do. It fulfills the word of Yahweh. And even the stormy winds, they fulfill his word. Even the birds that fly and migrate, they don't transgress what God has put in place. Yes, even the inanimate hills, by simply being hills and painting the landscape with their ridges, yes, even they are praising the creator. Even the ox and cow, even the sparrow knows in its nature and identity where to find food. And even the lily knows what it means to be a flower. It's identity that was given to it. And it blooms in all its splendor, splendor, giving praise to the creator because they are being exactly and precisely what God had intended them to be. And they fulfill his purpose, the word of the Lord. And he gives creation its limits and they dare not be something else. If everything is supposed to be praising the Lord, if all of creation in one united voice is supposed to be praising the creator, then why is it that the pinnacle of creation, the crown jewel of creation, why is it that his very own children, the very image bearers of the creator, that it is us that have decided that we know more than the creator? It is the very children of the heavenly father that transgress the limits he has set in place for us. It is us that try to define our own identities and own destinies. And in the process of manufacturing our own truth and meaning, we have sinned significantly. That's what sin is. Transgressing what God has put in order and in place. And we're so curved in on ourselves from birth that we don't live by the creator's waves. We don't walk with him in creation. We don't walk with him in love and in mercy and meekness and justice and in service to one another. But instead, when God had given us the direction on how to live, to truly live in the freedom that peace and peace that his word and direction brings, 
we rebel instead? Praise ourselves. You see, when we come together on the weekends like this and praise God in our own exciting ways, it's all done rightly. I'm not trying to bash Sunday morning. It's especially done rightly when we come forward with hearts of repentance. But when we leave the church, we neglect the very things that God has put right in front of us to do. Now, maybe some of you have sought such spiritual experiences, transcendent experiences. Maybe some of you have been spending a lot of time recently trying to seek the presence of the Holy Spirit, and you've been doing that so much, and so you're trying so hard to do that, that you've totally neglected what God has put right in front of you to do. The material stuff from him, the physical stuff, the daily tasks that are right there for your completing. Are you a parent? Then raise your children. Do you have infants at home? And change their diaper. Because when you do that, in serving them, you are actually praising the Lord. Are you a husband or a wife? Then love your spouse and speak well of them. Serve them and lift them up any chance you can with encouragement. Are you a student? Then learn and do your homework. Are you a farmer, an accountant, an engineer, politician, a nurse, a teacher? Then work to serve your neighbor in the vocation God has given you. And by doing this, you are actually giving a very high form of praise to your God. And then Jesus comes and he extends it further to even forgive your enemies to give to the beggar, to serve your community, to take care of the lowly among you. But we are not often content with what's put right in front of us, thinking, God, there must be some sort of mistake. There's, got, there's something greater out there for me. There's a much greater purpose and a greater thing for me to do. Surely it's not just this simple thing. And by doing that, we seek to praise God in our own way and not in the simple, tangible ways that he has given to us. Yes, God, the creator, has a mutiny on his hands. A rebellious people refusing to live in their identities as his children in the day-to-day mundane tasks. Yes, God has actually a violent revolt on his hands. Just look at the history of the world. The violence, the hatred, the abuse, countless people killed by senseless disorder and destruction. Disorder and destruction is precisely what a life of sin leads to. It's what life outside God's plan leads to. Look at your own life, your own family, your own extended family, perhaps. The yelling, the anger, the jealousy, the arrogance, the division, the brokenness, the addiction, the secrets you keep from the people closest to you, the lies, and then something that we all are going to experience because of the consequence of sin in the world, the illness, the suffering of injury, and ultimately death. This is what sin in the world has caused. The scripture is clear. And we have been living as broken images of our God. And we justly deserve to be tossed out. 
We justly deserve to be tossed to the side, into the garbage like anything else that breaks. Tossed into the garbage like any piece of technology that is unfixable and no longer can do its function. We deserve to live in our sin and to live in the consequences of it. And even living in our sin and the consequences, we often still go to God and think we know better. But God doesn't toss us to the side. You know that. Before you do away with God, you should know something. He doesn't do away with you. Before you do away with the creator and his ways, you should know something else. God wants to show you something first. He wants to show you himself. God came down in the form of a creature, as if he were one of his own creation, a human. And Jesus Christ lived life perfectly. He lived among a broken people. He ate and drank with them. He worked with them. He laughed with them. He cried with them. And he died for them. And Jesus was perfectly obedient to his father. Jesus perfectly fulfilled the creator, the father's purpose. Jesus perfectly praised as a creature his father by doing what was right in front of him to do. Through Jesus, the psalm said, through Jesus, God has raised up a horn for his people. In other words, through Jesus, God has flexed his mighty everlasting arm. He has shown his ultimate strength and wisdom to save all people. And as Jesus did this, as he was raised up on the cross for the world to see their salvation, he totally shattered our expectations of what strength looks like. But in that moment, telling the world, look, this is how I save you. And his ultimate triumphal moment of strength, he was mocked. And he was ridiculed by his very own creatures. And he was placed into a tomb and he rose on the third day. Now there's something that needs to be said about the cross. Although it appears as weakness to our eyes and to the eyes of his people, in the very moment when the God-man, the creature Jesus, was suspended above earth, in that very same moment, he was actually putting the world at his feet. And he did go to the tomb and he did rise on the third day with power and with authority and with all of his wisdom. And, and he came back with vengeance against evil and sin. But he did not come back. He did not rise with vengeance against you. He rose with love for you. Why? Because it's who he is. It's in his nature to love. He loves his fallen creatures. He loves you. No matter how far you think you've gone, no matter what you've done, no matter what's on your slate, it's been washed clean. Jesus loves his fallen creatures. He loves you so much. And better yet, 
Not only does he forgive you, he wants to recreate you in his image once again. Our, our annual celebration of Easter has come and gone. But don't be fooled. This is what church does on the weekends. We go back and look constantly at the cross and resurrection. We die to ourselves and we live in him daily. Dying and resurrecting daily in him and him alone. You are his handiwork recreated in Jesus. He's made you new. Jesus has become your salvation and he's the only thing you must cling to. Jesus has become your praise. He did what you can't do. He praised the Father Perfectly. The very praise that God commanded in the psalm, he gave to you through Jesus. And so we rightly gather on the weekends to lift up not our deeds, but the deeds of Jesus. We rightly gather to lift up the name of Jesus through worship. When we come together and give him praise on Sundays like this, you need to know that we are not doing anything for God. We come because he gives to us. We just receive. And not only that, but he, we receive in such tangible, simple ways. The bread, the wine, the body and blood, the water on the forehead. There were two baptisms earlier today. The word spoken in the sermon into your ears so that you can constantly be reminded of who you are in him. And who he is for you. And so let's continue, St. Lawrence. Let's continue to recount and tell the deeds of Jesus. That's why we're here. Because he's the only way to the Father. Just like the girls of grace, let's continue to tell the whole story of Jesus from birth to death and resurrection and what's to come. Let's continue to sing our songs today. Let's continue to hear the sermons that point to Jesus. Let's keep boasting in him. Boast in the name of Jesus and remind so that it reminds us of who he is and what he does. Cling to him for he is risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. And you also will rise. He is your praise. Boast in him. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen.